Welcome to the Selfish Confidence Podcast, a place where we can connect and be real about how hard it is to be your damn self. My name is Jess, and I'm an entrepreneur with a goal to be as confident in public as I am cuddled up on the couch. So let's take action and build our self-confidence, because when you start believing in yourself, magic happens. This podcast is filled with topics to help you stop playing small and start shining your light, because girl, you deserve better. We'll be chatting through barriers with our mindset, health, and how to start living a life you're obsessed with. Are you with me? Let's do this together. Hi, Diana. I am so excited that you're here to chat with us today about courage and confidence. Can you give us a bit of background and tell us about you and how you got started on your journey? Yes. Okay. So hi, everyone. My name is Diana. A little bit of background about me. So I am a former high school math teacher. I was a teacher for just about 10 years. And I decided to leave teaching in 2020, actually, totally separate from COVID. It just kind of COVID aligned with leaving teaching. And now I am a podcaster, personal development blogger. I'm a bartender. I'm a, I work a corporate job. So I kind of run the gamut. I, I do it all. So, and yeah, that's, that's me. I, I love that you do it all. Cause when we were just chatting before this too, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm a bartender. I'm like, what, where do you have yes. time for all of these things? Like you, you're just on fire. And I love that. Thank you. <laughs> so today I wanted to chat about confidence and courage because I think those two topics go hand in hand and they're really important, right? It takes yes. a lot of courage to take that step into being your confidence, authentic self. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us a bit about your recent changes and how you had the confidence to make it happen? Yes, absolutely. And I think that it this is such an important topic and, and really one that I feel strongly about because as someone who very abruptly left teaching, you know, I, I was the person who said I was going to stay in teaching until I retired. I kept telling myself that I was going to stay at the same school until I retired. And then one year, just, you know, the 2019, 2020 school year, it just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks that it, that position, that career was no longer aligned with who I was. And so the courage and confidence it took me to move out of teaching and into truly the personal development space because it wasn't until I left teaching that I began my podcast, began my blog, and and really became um, passionate about these things. So, at, at it you know it took a lot of confidence and courage to be able to do that because for a long time I felt like I was a failure for leaving my my job. I felt like. I was letting people down by walking away from something that I worked so hard for. So I think that this courage and confidence building during a pivotal season in your life is one that is so important to talk about and and learn about because without it, you can get lost in your head of, is this even the right thing for me or am I making a grave mistake? Yeah, definitely. And where you were so confident as a teacher, you're like, this is where I'm going to be forever. This is what I'm going to do to throw that away, essentially mm-hmm. to throw that away and start fresh in a whole mm-hmm. other role that you don't know if you're going to be good at or not takes a lot of freaking courage. It did. And it was very hard. Like, um, so I actually kind of was thinking about leaving teaching in January of 2020. So like I said, it was unrelated to COVID. It was really before. And I, it was a struggle. Like I am not even joking, like days upon days, like I would just cry. And I would, I was so upset with both myself 
and where I was. I was, I was upset that I felt like it was time for me to leave teaching, but I was upset because I loved it so much. Like I, and I still do. I love teaching, but I don't love teaching in schools, if that makes mm. any sense. Interesting. Yeah. And, yeah. And so it was a really big struggle for me and, and it took a lot of time and it took a lot of talking with people for me to really understand that it was okay for me to move on. And um, two of the biggest or most influential quotes during that period of life for me, the first was, I was talking to a good friend of mine and he told me, he said, you deserve to be happy. And that to me was really huge because it was a reminder that it was okay to leave because I wasn't giving up. I was choosing to be happy and pursue happiness in my life. And then the other quote that really resonated with me and helped me through this time is this pivoting is not the same as giving up. And that's Mm -hmm. something that I know you just had an episode recently about pivoting or um, switching directions. And I just did that as well. But it was a reminder to me that I am being courageous and I am being confident in my choice to change directions. It's not me giving up. It's me listening to that voice inside of me telling me what I need to do. Yes. Say it again, Diana, (laughs) because I don't think we talk about that enough. Like we're allowed to change our freaking minds, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's something that was drilled into me too. Like you go to school, you pick a job, you, you, your university is where you're going to be. And then you go into that job and then that's where you are until you die. And Mm -hmm. when we change our minds and when we pivot into something new, oftentimes we're told we failed. Like, oh, you're giving up your degree for that? Really? Huh? You're walking away from Mm -hmm. teaching for that? Huh? Like, oh, you must not have been a very good teacher. Like, why does that have to be the normal? Like, why can't we just be okay with changing our minds sometimes? Yes. Everything that you just said, because truly I felt like I was letting people down Mm -hmm. when I was choosing to leave teaching. Like, it was really hard for me. And it, And I didn't initially have that courage and confidence because I felt like I was failing. I felt like I was letting the people around me down. But I have to tell you, I just recently read a book called Think Again by Adam Grant that I absolutely loved. But he quotes Michelle Obama in the book. And one of the things she said is we need to stop asking people or asking kids what they want to be when they grow up as if growing up is finite. Mm -hmm. And I just loved that quote because it was a reminder to me that it's not what do we want to be when we grow up? It's what do we want to do next? Where do we want to go next? And, And that next place isn't finite. From there, we might find somewhere else that we want to go. And I just love that idea of it's you don't have to have a finite future. That's the beauty of life is that it changes directions and you have the ability to choose whatever direction you want at any point in your life. And nothing's going to stop you from that. Yes. Yes. That's so good. And such a great reminder. Um, again, yeah, we just normalize that that's a finite thing. You're so right. And it's not, it's okay. If tomorrow we decided we don't want to be podcasters anymore and we walk away from it. Right. Like that's just the norm and that's okay. So we're going to normalize that in this podcast episode and through the podcast that we share in the future. If we decide to stay podcasters for the rest of our lives, right? If not, (laughs) and if we don't, right, it's okay. (laughs) And and I think it's important to know that everything that you do is going to serve you for that season. 
But the decision to change directions is so courageous and, and it shows so much confidence because what you're doing is you're choosing to leave the comfort of what you know in the pursuit of finding something new and learning something more, you know? So the quote that I love that I just, I really want people to hear and, and understand is this one from Maya Angelou that says, do the best you can until you know better. And then when you know better, do better. And I love that because I think that that quote really normalizes what it means to change. And when you know better, so like for me, I knew that teaching was no longer aligned for me anymore. So I did something better. I changed directions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And did you have to take a period of time that you had to like mourn your teacher, like as a teacher, like you mourned your identity as a teacher, (laughs) right? Oh, I can't. Yes. That, you know, that's not a question that I've been asked, but a resounding yes to that. Um, it took me a long time. It took me a very long time. Um, so I actually officially got a different job in August of 2020. So right when the school year would have started, I started a different job and it probably took me, um, a full year, a full 12 months to feel like I made the right decision because I missed my friends. I missed connecting with my students. I missed the opportunity to teach others. I missed so much of that. And I felt like working a desk job was essentially quote unquote lesser than Mm. because it, it was a very different just feeling, you know, when, when you teach someone, whether you're doing conventional teaching in a classroom or you're just sharing what you know with others, like, you know, you get a really good feeling from that. Like you feel like you are adding value to somebody's life. And in my new role, I didn't necessarily feel that. So it it took me a long time to feel comfortable with having moved on. Yeah. I felt that way too when I left my corporate job to kind of start my own business and to do my own thing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I was supposed to be like the government girl. I was supposed to work at the desk. What are you talking about? Like, that's why I went to university. And I really had to to mourn who I thought I was going to be to mm-hmm. shift into this person that I am becoming this confident mm-hmm. person that I'm trying to become. Cause it takes that time. And I don't think we also talk about that enough either that it's okay to change our mind. And it's okay to also be upset that we changed our mind, like to mourn yes. who we were, who we thought we would be. Mm-hmm. So I, um, in October of 2020, so just a couple months after I had gotten my job, I had written a, I had written a blog post and I called it fall is synonymous with death. And I said, Ooh. it sounds really dark, but really what I did was I was explaining how the seasons of the year really coincide with the seasons of change that we go through. So once we choose to change directions, we go through this period of fall, which is kind of like death, where even though you know that it was the right move for you, you mourn. You struggle with that decision. You grieve what you've lost. And then you go through this period of winter, which is kind of that struggle of figuring out who you are in this new arena. And then once you get through that, you move to spring. And that is over time, over these 
few seasons, you you start to find your footing, you know, the grass begins to grow, you begin to grow, and then you go to summer, which is abundant growth. So I think that it's so important to remember that even though you're switching directions and you can be very happy about that, you're still going to go through these periods of mourning and struggle but knowing that on the other side of that is abundant growth. Yeah. Yeah. I love that analogy too, to picture it in the same as like the seasons, because we go through that every year. And that's such a great reminder Mm -hmm. too, where even though you're in a great place now, we're going to go through that struggle again. And we're always going to have that rebirth and that growth um, that comes Mm -hmm. with the seasons because it happens every year, right? Every year. Yeah. Every year. And, And it's so normal for us for nature to do that Mm -hmm. but why is it not normal for us to do that oh yeah 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 (laughs) can you did you guys hear that did you hear what she just said (laughs) can we like step back for a second and remember how normal it is nature does it we are nature like we've seen it we know it so let's normalize those changes in us and having those darker seasons but also remembering that really good things are coming because it was like spring here all weekend and it was amazing like yeah oh my gosh so good spring spring is my favorite season me too but but we can't get there without going through this fall and this winter and if it were spring all the time if it were summer all the time we would never appreciate it for what it is and and when we change directions and we go through those darker times we get to experience that rebirth and that growth and just love it for what it is and what it brings for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. So good, Diana. Um, earlier this year, you did a podcast on decision paralysis, and I mm-hmm. think that's such a good topic. Was this something mm-hmm. that you faced in your recent changes? And what is decision paralysis for those who are listening? And how can our listeners overcome it? Mm-hmm. So I'll begin with de- de- what decision paralysis and what, or also known as analysis paralysis, what they are. So essentially it's the inability to make a decision due to being overwhelmed, overthinking the situation, having an excess of information. So all of those outside factors cause you to be unable to make a decision. So people who struggle with decision or analysis paralysis struggle with things, you know, as small as day-to-day decisions. So it might be things like trying to decide what you want to eat for dinner or even larger decisions. Should I leave my career? Should I move across the country? So personally, I did face a lot of decision paralysis when I was thinking about leaving. Cause again, I, I kept asking that question of myself of Am I failing? Am I making the wrong decision? Am I just overreacting to what this year has been for me? So I did face a lot of decision paralysis then. And honestly, I'm going to be really transparent with you all. I'm facing decision paralysis even now as I'm growing my podcast. I I ask myself the question, is this what I want to continue to do? Is this the route I want to take? What what do I want to do with this? So decision paralysis comes up all the time throughout throughout our lives. And it's one of those things that I've faced throughout my entire life. And, um, you know, I this is especially prevalent if you suffer from any anxiety, um, that decision paralysis might be something that you struggle with. 
And so I gave in that episode, I gave a few different recommendations for how to deal with this decision paralysis. And I said, okay, you can look at it from two different ways. So one, if it's just kind of like a lighthearted, easy, you know, where should I eat dinner today? There's things like one lessening your options. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to you know, look at a menu and the menu, like the cheesecake factory menu, it's 15 pages long and it's impossible to make a decision. I I recommend people lessen their options. You can use things like a random generator, you know, asking for feedback, all of those things. Those are kind of easier for day-to-day small um, decision-making, but for larger options, the biggest thing that I recommend is talking with someone and, and having a trusted advisor to help you through those moments, but not asking too many people, Mm -hmm. because if you ask too many people, you get too many opinions. It can be very overwhelming. So talking with somebody and gathering feedback or gathering data. And one of the things that I shared in my episode that is at the root of decision paralysis is fear. Um, or, and especially if you're making large decisions, imposter syndrome is right at that root as well. And so things that I I really recommend is to sit in that fear, talk with that fear, ask it where it's coming from. And as I said, talk with somebody, work through those feelings. Yeah. As you talk about all of that, I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. I am someone with anxiety and I definitely struggle with decision paralysis. We were just talking about flooring, the flooring that I was going to pick. And the decision was made for me because it was the only one that was in stock. And I was like, praise the Lord, because I don't want to (laughs) pick one of these floorings. And it's interesting you talking about decision paralysis, how I was, oh, I'm like, yeah. 100%. I often give my husband like two choices for dinner. And I'm like, why did I even ask him? Because like, I should just pick one. I can't. I really struggle with it. And it has nothing to do with fear, really, because I'm not afraid if we're going to have tacos or if we're going to have hamburgers. But there's just something about it that I just always struggle with making a decision for the smallest thing. So I love that you said that you give him two options, though, because that's actually a really, really helpful skill or tool to use if you struggle from decision paralysis is like I said, lessening your options, but just choosing three options, for instance. So like if I'm, if I'm having a hard time deciding what we want to eat for dinner, I'll look at my husband. I say, give me three options and I can pick an answer from that. Okay. Yeah. But because ultimately, so what happens in our brains when we're given a list of 10 options, let's just say you were choosing from 10 restaurants. Mm -hmm. What happens is our brain goes through this list and says, well, this one sounds good, but this one sounds good because I want this. And this one sounds good because I want this. And so what's actually happening, it's fear in a different way. It's, it's almost like FOMO Mm -hmm. fear of missing out. So you are afraid of what you're missing out on by picking option a versus picking option B. So by lessening your options, it's actually helping you to um, circumnavigate that. And that's actually why I I did a little bit of research with this when I was doing my own episode, but that's why um, more kind of nicer, I guess, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, nicer restaurants will have such a limited menu is because it's actually very beneficial to the customers Mm -hmm. because they have less decision paralysis around what they want to have. Oh yeah. Interesting. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I definitely have the FOMO of certain restaurants. Like if I want tacos for dinner, like, but what if I really want ketchup with my fries? Like it's it's a hard decision sometimes because <laughs> you want both, right? Right. So like my husband, like we, we always joke that we like to get subs for dinner, oh, but he's yeah. like, but but this place doesn't have fries, and I want subs and fries and so it's like this whole thing so it, it it's it's a fear but like a different kind mm-hmm. of fear. like it's just like fear of what you could have if you chose something different yeah we kind of felt like that too when we went through the house process recently of finding a new house and actually putting an offer on a house because it's like well what if another good one comes along like what's what's coming mm-hmm. tomorrow what's coming next and maybe someone who's listening to this might think that too about jobs and they're like looking mm-hmm. at the oh, job yes. board and they're like but what if what if there's a really cool job that gets posted tomorrow um mm-hmm. and uh, how do you just trust your gut and go for those things <sighs> that's such a good question <laughs> i love that because it it's so hard to, to say, I want to do this and be okay with it. Not being quote unquote, the best option, because sometimes the best option is just you taking action towards something. So it's not the outcome. That's the best. It's the journey. That's the best. So when you are going through this process, we'll, we'll use, uh, the, job decision-making process or the home buying experience, all of that. So those are some big things. And you do have that decision paralysis when you're looking at all these available jobs or all of these available homes. And you're like, well, yes, and we could go for this job, but I could maybe make a little bit more at this job, or I could go for this home and, but we could buy this home and it might be a little bit less expensive. But at the end of the day, you have to realize that what is meant to be will be. Yeah. And what you're going to learn in the process of that is what you have to remember. So, okay, hey, you might apply for this job. You might make X amount of dollars less, but what can you learn from that job that you can then apply later in life? And what can you learn from this position that can actually help you grow? So it's not about this and having this perfect end decision. It's about what can I do now in this process? What can I experience to make this the best for me? It's not the outcome. It's the journey. Mm, yeah. And that goes back to the point too, at the start where it's not finite, that job that you picked, mm-hmm. that job that you applied for, even if you get it and you work there for a couple of years, it's not your forever and that's okay. Right. So like such an interesting perspective to put that all in like our little flower basket and give that to you for something to think about this week as you're looking and making decisions. Absolutely. And I just, and that's something that's been really helpful for me is knowing that ultimately the decisions we make have, you know, some of them like where you buy, where you get a home and what job Mm -hmm. you take, those have big impacts, but there are some decisions that we really mull over that really don't have that big of an impact on us. And it's okay if we don't choose the quote unquote best route, because that route, although we think it might not be best, we can learn so much and we can grow so much through that decision. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. If that helps anyone listening today on what they're deciding this week, even if it's something as simple for dinner, like send us a message because I think yes. I think that's huge uh, because I do really struggle with that one. Um, so what tips do you have for someone who's struggling to find their confidence and the courage to show up as themselves, as their authentic, beautiful self? I 
Honestly, I love all of your questions. <laughs> because they're just really good and really insightful. I love all of your answers. But, <laughs> thank you. But... I actually tie this back to your introduction because what you say in your intro is you are on this journey and to be as confident out in public as you are cuddled up on the couch. And the biggest difference between those two things, the reason that we struggle with those things is who we're showing up for. When we're cuddled up on the couch, the person we're showing up for is us. That's all that we're worried about. But when we're out in public, we are so concerned about how we're going to show up for others, you know, and, and what we think others want from us. And so the best advice that I have to show up as your authentic and confident self is showing up for you at all times. It doesn't matter if you're cuddled up on the couch. It doesn't matter if you're out in public. It doesn't matter if you're at work. It doesn't matter. Show up for you always. And there is a quote from a book that I just read called Think Like a Monk. Mm. And I have you read yeah, it? good book. Yes, it is. And the quote said, we are a certain person at home alone, but we present the world with another version of ourselves insecurities make us want to convince ourselves and everyone else that we're special, that we're special. So we contrive dishonest versions of ourselves in order to appear more knowledgeable, more accomplished, and more confident. And I really put the emphasis on the word that stuck out to me is this dishonest Mm. version. What if I told you that when you are showing up inauthentically, that you're actually being dishonest to others. Ooh. Like, how would that reframe it for you? Ooh, dirty, right? That hurts. Right. Because I wouldn't, wouldn't want to like, be a liar to anybody. Like, I don't want to show up like that. Right. So then my my advice to you is don't don't show up dishonestly. Show up in your authentic way for yourself because others want to see you authentically. I mean, do you want to go out and see the version that of others that they think you want them to be, or would you rather see them as who they are? Like, and, and you have to ask yourself the same question. Like, am I being this dishonest or fake version or, or am I showing up authentically? And do they want that dishonest version or do they want the authentic version? Yeah. So I, yeah. I always think too, like when I meet someone in public or I meet like a person in real life, like I want them to see like you are exactly how I expected you to be. Like that would be the mm-hmm. like the best compliment um, because mm-hmm. I do struggle in person too. When I see people on the street, like it's like, oh, hi, like I'm a weirdo. Um, but right. I need, I just need to be myself a lot more, I think in public. And, and I think that's hard mm-hmm. because we grew up, we grew up and we were told that we had to act and be and just try to um, emulate this perfect person, Mm -hmm. you know, quote unquote. And so we grew up believing that who we are is weird or who we are is not the right version. And so it's really hard to change that because we, for how many years have been told that who we are is not right. And so how do we get back down to the root of who you are is right. And that's who we want to see. That's who I want to be friends with. And so it's really hard to kind of dig and it's, it might be like hurt. It might hurt because it's been pushed down. So I I say you want to dig into the who and why. So 
Who are you showing up for and why are you showing up for them? And that answer, the answer should be, quote unquote, should be that you're showing up for yourself. And why are you showing up for yourself? Like what, what is your why? Why do you want to be your authentic self? And when you tap into that, it's, you begin to realize that you are the most important person in your life. And being yourself is the most important thing in your life. Oh, yeah. That's so good, Diana. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's what we need to be walking with. That's the attitude we need to be walking with. As hard as it is, and again, like, it brings us back to that courage and that confidence as hard as it is. It's taken a lot of courage to do it. But again, to anybody listening here, we don't want to be hanging out with fake friends. Like, we want you. We want you as you are. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I'll, I'll say for me, like, this has been a huge transition for me and showing up for me versus showing up for the people on social media, showing up for who I think they want to see. It's been a huge transition for me. And, you know, something that I went to therapy to really work on. And it's something that I'm finally figuring out. And, and for me, person I'm showing up for is myself. And the reason that I'm showing up for myself, like my why is because I want to prove to myself what I'm capable of. And, you know, right now I, we were talking about it earlier. I'm in the process of training for a half marathon. You know, I'm working on writing a book and launching my business. And all of those things are for me, like to show myself, like I am limitless. And, and I think that that's really important for you, our listeners, to remember that you are limitless. You just have to, to dig into that confidence and that courage to show the world who you are unapologetically. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes to everything. I feel like you've mm-hmm. given so many great tangible tips that people can really hold on to and to walk into this week with. Um, but was there anything that helped you have more confidence on this journey? And do you have any personal development suggestions? I know you already gave a couple, but is there something specific that you want to share? Absolutely. So my, the biggest thing, first of all, therapy, Mm. I am a huge, huge proponent for therapy and, and seeking out those resources because even if nothing's quote unquote wrong, the ability to just have those moments to talk through someone who's you know, completely non-biased, like they, they just really help you. So therapy was huge for me. I really recommend it, but also reading books, listening to podcasts that it really shifted my mindset. So some of the books that I love build through courage by Dave Hollis, um, untamed by Glennon Doyle girl, stop apologizing and girl, wash your face both by Rachel Hollis. Um, I had a journal. It was um, a guided journal called the self love journal. Those were really helpful for me. So just feeding your brain with that good, good content was very important to me. Yeah. And the good content that connects with you, because again, like what you suggest Mm -hmm. might not help a certain person wherever they are on their journey, because there's so many people who listen, they'll pick up the same book that we suggest. And they're like, I don't Mm -hmm. know what you're talking about. Like, this doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, it means that you don't need that book right now. Like finding that content, those things that are going to work for you is so, so important. That's what's going to push you. Uh, oh yes, mm-hmm. I in a hundred percent. I I cannot say like I cannot say how much I agree with that because, and I say the same thing with like therapists mm-hmm. too. Like you know, going to therapy is great, but if you don't jive with your therapist, like you're not going to get anywhere. So making sure that you find the content that fits your life is so so important. Yeah, 
I think though people listening to this podcast and people who listen to your podcast, like they have that same interest, the same interest that we have. So I feel like the books Mm -hmm. we suggest are going to work, but you never know sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's really Mm -hmm. a great way to, to tackle it. Um, So where can our squad find you online? Where can they connect with you? Um, I love to hang out on Instagram. Instagram is my favorite. So it's at Diana underscore Marie underscore underscore. I can't speak. (laughs) I'll say it again. At Diana underscore Marie underscore Keller. Um, I have a podcast. It's called Keep Moving Forward. And then I have my blog, dianamariekeller.com. And I will link all that in the show notes. So anybody who's interested in connecting with Diana, that is where you'll find her. Just go below and you can click on that. Um, Finally, I have a couple questions that I've been asking every guest that comes on. So the first one is, what is your favorite compliment to receive? So it's so funny. I, I love this question. And actually when I was thinking about it, because I, I listened to your episode, so I've heard you ask this one. And as a fellow Enneagram too, I feel like you can really appreciate this, but I love when people tell me that I've helped mm. them. Like when, when somebody tells me that what I've done has inspired them or has helped them to grow, like that to me is the best compliment ever. It's such a good compliment. Yeah. I agree with you on that. It's just like that deeper mm-hmm. connection that you're just like, I've, helped you with that really you want you yes. want to hear from me you listen to my podcast like what yeah thank you all of the words you just yeah. said <laughs> it feels so good right um mm-hmm. what is your favorite thing to do to boost your mood when you're feeling grumpy um so this one is also kind of funny but I like to clean and listen to music Ooh. so when I'm grumpy I like to sit and kind of process my thoughts a little bit And so listening to music and cleaning kind of helps me to be active, do things with my hands, but I can still like subconsciously like focus on what I need to process. And that usually helps me think through what's been going on and see it through, through a different lens. And that really kind of helps me shift my perspective. Mm, Interesting. If you want to come over and think and clean my house, you are welcome anytime. (laughs) Like, come on over. I got you. You know what? I'll do everything except dishes. Okay. I do not do dishes. I can do the dishes. dishes. I'll do your dishes. You can do everything else. That'd be great. Good partnership. Tag team. Um, Do you have a song or a quote that boosts your confidence? Yes. Okay. So my 2022 theme song is one that's a huge confidence booster. And I love to play it at the end of my runs because it gives me that Mm. extra surge. Just get going. And people are going to laugh, but it's from the movie, a goofy movie. And it's, and it's the power line song. It's called um, Stand Out. And the entire song is all about standing out, being your confident self, making people see you for who you are. And it just gives me this huge boost of confidence because it reminds me that I am working towards something so big, whether that means for myself or for others. Like it just gives me that reminder that I. I have the confidence to show up and be me. And I love it. I love that you have a theme song for this year. Like, that's good. And I love that I, it's from I, the Goofy movie. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I love a Goofy movie. Like, I watched it all the time growing up, but I was listening to just like the soundtrack one day or, you know, Disney songs in general. <laughs> yeah. Like, I do the same. I, I, I love it. And that one came on. And for like the first time ever, I really listened to the lyrics and I like, was almost in tears, like happy tears, because I'm like, this is what I want in my life right now. So if you're familiar with the Goofy movie, you probably know the song, but go back and just like listen to the lyrics and tell me that it just doesn't like 
jazz you up. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do today. Please I do. need some jazz in. I'm going to do it today. Good, good. Thank you so much, Diana, for being on and for speaking your truth and for just like dropping those nuggets on us because it was so, so, so good. good. Well, thank you so much for having me. I had an absolute blast talking with you. Thank you so much for listening today. If you connected with this episode, it would mean the world if you shared it with a friend or on your social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for getting the word out. I'm so grateful you're here with me. And don't forget, you are the magic. It's time to shine.